Wow, Chima, Chats, Foot, Euro Final, well, 2020 Euro, but obviously we're 2021. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's great, to, it's great to, to be with my people once again. It's great to be with the congregation once again. Of course, here at Chima Chats Foot, we are here to chat about the foot. And this is the third and final installation of our well-received Euro Trippin series. Shout out to the couple people who listen in Germany. Um, you're appreciated. Danke, as I believe is what they say on that side. Culture. See that right there? That's culture. All right. So we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna have a bunch of ado, right? We're gonna cut right into the game. Italy versus England. Euro 2020 championship game. And I'll tell you what, I am looking forward to this game. I'm like, you know what? And you all have been hearing me say it. Gareth Southgate. Gareth Southgate. On Eurotrip in part one, I say he didn't have the minerals. On Eurotrip in part two, after he put together, what, I believe it was three wins in a row at that point, and had also went ahead and kept clean sheets in every game, I'm still not convinced with my man. I still just don't know if he has what it takes. Sure enough, here we are. I would have loved, as usual, to see Jack Grealish start. We'll get we'll get to that later. Um, the lineup uh, it wasn't it wasn't anything that I would have um, that I wouldn't have expected from him, shall we say? The game begins, and England score in the third minute, I believe. First of all, it was brilliant football. Um, the cross, I, I forget who delivered the cross into Luke Shaw, but a brilliant ball, back post, Luke Shaw, finish, 1-0 England, and the English fans, which are always so well-respectful and, and well-behaved, were absolutely bouncing. Um, the It's Coming Home chant was ringing from Wembley Way like you wouldn't believe, even louder and more insufferable than it had been, uh, as most fans of other nations will tell you. Uh, quick note, English fans booing other teams' national anthems, I don't like to see that. I think that that is counterproductive. Um, I get it, England, Germany, um, maybe we're talking about a certain uh, world war that happened between the two countries, I understand that, but I think we need to move on as people, and at the very least, be silent and have respect for another nation's flag and another nation's anthem. The English fans, to my knowledge, are the only fans that boo, they boo Denmark's national anthem. You get what I mean? And it's like, Denmark, they don't do anything to anybody. They're just a small, efficient nation, and uh, that was low class, in my opinion. Don't like to see that. So, England jump out, take the lead, and they're on they're on fire. You know, they uh, they're they're shocking me. I'd never seen I I'd never seen England score that early, right? Normally, English goals aren't until the 70th, 60th minute or so. Um, but Italy is reeling as you as you would be when you give up a goal in the third minute. They're on the back foot. They're absolutely second best to everything. Italy in that first half, they weren't great. They really weren't great at all. And I, I think there, there's a couple of cardinal rules in football, right? Okay. You're in, in, and I'll ring them off to you, right? You're most vulnerable to give up a goal when? Right after you just scored, number one. Under no circumstances do you ever, ever, ever want to give up a goal right before halftime, number two. And then the final one is there is such a thing as scoring too early. And it's almost like that high and that um, adrenaline from that goal, it only carried over until 45 minutes. 
it only carried over into 45 minutes. So, as I said, Italy was drab in the first half. I really think that um, with, the, with the Wembley crowd, the early goal, it was a sucker punch. And it knocked the wind out of their sails, so to speak, which is, you know, which is what you can expect after conceding basically right after you've kicked the ball off. However, but, and there's always a but, Italy comes out in the second half, and I think that that is when the football heritage of Italy really started to show. That's heritage, if you couldn't understand my Jose Mourinho impression. Bonucci, Cialini, Insigne, even Mancini himself. Mancini is a Premier League winner. Mancini is a Serie A winner, right? Like, let's not forget that. That is when the old veterans, the old hands, the experienced players get their team together and they give them hell. And they let them know that's they let them know like look, Chiellini probably said something like, "Hey, look, this is my last ever time playing with the Azzurri. This is my last ever big tournament. And I am not going out to England." And culturally, as I said, the English fans, they do their they do their best to kind of uh crap on every other nation, so they make themselves a target, right? You can't give it out if you can't take it. Um, and Italy comes out on fire that second half. Chiesa is a baller. He was up and down. He's constantly creating dangerous positions. He's constantly working the ball around. And I am, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm with a couple of friends and we're watching this game. And I tell the person, I say, you know what? England is sitting back way too deep. And, of course, there's an English fan next to me, and she's like, oh, you know, blah, 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 don't be negative. I'm like, listen, the truth of the matter is that second half was wave after wave after wave of Italian pressure. And my head football coach, shout to Robert Jackson, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Salem High School, great, great, great man told me, if you let a sorry team hang around with you long enough, they'll find a way to beat you. But here's the thing. Italy aren't a sorry team. They're an elite team. So you could, you know, I adapted to if you let any team hang around with you long enough, they'll find a way to beat you. Even with all of these uh, patterns and the triangles and the good football Italy's playing around, England is doing what they have to do. Maguire's doing what he has to do. Pickford had a couple of good saves. They're doing what they have to do. They're keeping the ball out. But I had a buddy of mine who doesn't know about footy. He's a novice. And I told him the reason why you don't want that ball coming your way on, you know, in what was effectively one-way traffic is because it only takes one time for there to be that ball that ricochets, that ball that bounces, and all of a sudden you're down 1-0. So with all of the, excuse me, all of a sudden the game is tied. With all of the great attacking play Italy gave us, their goal came off of what? A corner. You gave them an opportunity due to their pressure. Their third or fourth corner at that point but even with all of that being said, the goal itself is a scrappy goal mouth scramble. But guess what? Bonucci, the veteran, he's turned on, he's alive. And guess what? A goal is a goal. In the words of Dominic Toretto, if you don't know who that is, look that up. It doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile. It doesn't matter whether it's a 40-yard upper 90 golazo or a scrappy, disgusting, bounce-around, sweaty goal, as we call them in FIFA, or even an own goal. They all count the same. Bonucci scores, and he immediately gestures to his face, like saying, do you think I'm even excited to score this? We're Italy, former European heavyweights, current European heavyweights, former World Cup champions, right? I come from the cloth of Nesta, Maldini, Cannavaro, right? 
to name a very, very, very few. And I told the English fan who had a problem with me giving my, of course, reasoned objective analysis, listen to me, right, like I'm a real uh, footy, footy analyst. I told her, I said, England is sitting back so deep that this was the only inevitable conclusion. Seriously, people, think about it. If you watch that game, the uh, Chiellini and the Italian back line, they were basically playing as number 10s. That's how far pushed up they were. They were pegging England back left and right. And eventually, just due to the fact, you know, people say, oh, England got robbed. It was uh, five shots total, three on target at one point, to 15 shots and five on target. The probability says that the team that is getting the most shots in consistently is the team that's going to score the goal. And goals win games. And so here we are at 1-1, and they immediately, and I think even before this, they spring on Jordan Henderson. And I'm telling, I have a, I watched it with a friend of mine who is uh, a United fan, and then another friend who is a Barcelona fan. So I'm digging him out about how Barcelona is a tragic example of mismanagement. I mean, maybe besides Leeds, Leeds United, never have I seen a club just run into the ground by greed and mismanagement. Um, and then the United fan, he's telling me, uh, this, that, and the third. We're going back and forth. But I said, they need an adult in the room right now, right? I like Rice. I thought he was really good. I like Calvin Phillips. Um, I, even though I wasn't convinced by Declan Rice at first, he, he played well. But Henderson wasn't really able to affect the game in, in, in the way that, which what I would have liked um, because they were still getting overrun in midfield. They're still basically holding on by the skin of their teeth. Um, and as the extra time came along and as the... Uh, it became clear that, that we were going to have extended, this game was going to be extended. The Italians were growing in stature by the minute. Again, football is a game of confidence. If you're giving teams confidence to say, hey, look, you can form triangles around us. You can try little one-twos. Because it's almost like in uh, the NBA, Kevin Garnett, when there's a foul on a play back in the day when he was in, in, in the NBA, the uh, other, other, other player on the team will shoot the ball just to get a free shot off, right? Kevin Garnett would always take that, you know, basically goaltend the ball, jump up and, and make sure that the ball didn't go into, into the hoop so they didn't get the visualizer of making the shot. They weren't able to get their rhythm, right? And Italy worked themselves into such a rhythm that, man, England were holding on for dear life. They absolutely were holding on for dear life, and that's why I can't feel too bad because, to me, this seems like one of the only fair conclusions it seems like this was Italy's game, and any other result would have been a bit harsh. Um, finally, and, and we'll get to our, our friend Gareth Southgate. I feel a bit vindicated in my doubt of Gareth Southgate. Just due to the fact that it took you, what, almost 85, 90 minutes to put Jack Grealish on? And this is after it's one all, and you are chasing the game. Harry Kane was, and this, here's the thing about Harry Kane. Harry Kane is an old-school number nine as much as you'll find. Get me the ball, I'll score. Even though he's reinvented himself into this nine and a half, maybe the assist guy, he's dropping deep. But Harry Kane was a passenger. And there's there's something to be said where, hey, we've played for 80 minutes. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, go ahead, come on, right? But he finally brings Jack Grealish on. And I'm like, this is classic Gareth Southgate. That game was crying out for attacking impetus for the longest time. I, I even said around 70 minutes. Why isn't Rashford coming on? You need someone who can get on that flank, get in that channel, and run 
and be an outlet just to relieve the pressure because after Italy's penned you in, you finally get the ball, you look up, what, and, and what kept happening? Bonucci, recycle, interception, we're coming at you again. Cialini cuts the pass out, we're coming at you again. They needed someone to say, hey, play it over the top, I'll go chase it down so that my defense can breathe. But that didn't happen. And Gareth Southgate does the double act of, uh, I believe it was Saka and um, Jaden Sancho to come on, obviously for penalty duty, which we'll touch on very, very shortly here. <laughs> and it just seemed too little too late. It seemed like there were no real ideas. And it just seemed like Gareth Southgate froze in the moment. You know, it's all well and good to say, okay, well, we got here, but guess what? If you want to play defensive, you can't ask some you can't ask a team to defend for 100 straight minutes against a team of Italy's quality. And that's with them having a poor first half. So that goal goes in, we then head into extras which no surprise Italy dominated, England had a, a chance here or there, but you know, and then we come to pens. And then we come to penalties. And I remember being a 10-year-old, I was I was a decent center forward before I uh transitioned to American football. Um, which I played in college and professionally for a little while. Um, shout out to Penn State. Um, penalties are, are an easy thing to score, but penalties are also fairly easy to miss, right? But I do know that in almost any sport, you want to get a sweat up before you're asked to take a penalty. You subbed on Rashford and Sancho and Saka and all those, all those guys with, like, what, five minutes left before penalties? It was so obvious, one commentator said, and I thought this was brilliant, it was so clear that they were only coming on for penalties. Marcus Rashford and Sancho, they weren't even sweating. And again, England loses penalty shootouts because they don't. They very rarely have players who have won things. And that winning mentality, what, do you think Italy had the winning mentality? After Bonucci said, what did he say? He said, it's coming to Rome. It's coming to Rome. And that's after one all. That's not even when they're leading. So, of course, with the PKs, I mean, Gareth Southgate, number two, I have to call him to the carpet once again. A, Rashford, Sancho, Saka, all substitutes, all with less than 10, 15 minutes of, of being on the pitch. Good idea to put them up to take pens. All young players under the age of 24, Saka being 19 years old. So... You have these players who don't have the flow of the game. Sometimes, um, you know, I, I played it on teams where there were two quarterbacks battling it out, and you can't keep pulling the quarterback in and then putting this other quarterback in because they don't get a flow, they don't get a rhythm, right? Everything is dictated on rhythm, and they weren't able to get that. So, cut to the chase, right? I'm sure you all know how, how this movie ends. Sancho's penalty Terrible. Sacco's penalty, terrible. Rashford does a, a good job, but even his run-up, you know, there was a run-up and a little bit of a stutter. It didn't seem confident. When you're coming up to take a pen, it needs to be absolutely confident because if you're going to miss, then miss getting it on frame, make the goalkeeper work. When you miss the goal completely like Rashford did, you hit the post, Donnarumma was looking about six foot eight in that goal. He was looking huge. But still, you have to put it on frame. And I think it's a combination of, hey, I just got on the pitch. Um, 
I've never been in a situation like this before, particularly with Saka and Sancho, two kids under the age of 21. Hey, Gareth Southgate, I, I remember. I got to call you back to the carpet, right? This is, the, this is what I was going to say. Why isn't Sterling taking a penalty? Why isn't Jack Grealish taking a penalty? That's unforgivable. Sterling, is a, he's a big figure in, in the camp, as we saw. I believe he was England's best player as far as attacking production-wise, right? Maybe not the most beautiful on the eye, but Sterling needs to take a penalty. Jack Grealish is England's best technical attacker. He needs to take a penalty. Gareth Southgate, that's on you. That's on you. So you have them miss. And, I mean, Jaden Sancho's was beaten drink. It wasn't even a difficult save. I mean, I'm talking about a penalty where a goalkeeper must stretch everything that he has, tips it onto the bar, barely gets it out, and it's a great save. Man, um, Saka's penalty, he could have, I felt like he could have just cleared off the line. It was at a perfect height for him, easy to save, game's over. Italia wins. And oh boy, all of that English goodwill, English it's coming home, quickly descended into, and I mean, in my opinion, and I'm an English Premier League fan, I was rooting for England, as I told the young lady who uh, was crying into her into her milk. Uh, she's a grown woman. She should have had contained herself better, but the truth of the matter was, I just said, you know what? I talked to her afterwards, and I said, the reason why I knew this was going to happen is because when you sit back and you invite a good team onto you, they're going to create opportunities. They're going to end up winning, and the truth is, Italy deserved to win that game. Gareth Southgate aired in his penalty selection, Gareth Southgate aired in his inability to change it up. The game was stale for so long. My buddy who's a novice at football said, you know what? This game has been crying out for a substitution. Jack Grealish is brought on in like the 80th minute. What are you doing? People are going in on Mason Mount, and he wasn't great today, but we didn't lose because of Mason Mount. We lost because of Gareth Southgate's inability to make bold decisions. Harry Kane was a passenger. You know, I think that he's been, you know, he worked himself into form with the goals, which is awesome. But Harry Kane was an absolute passenger this game. There was nothing that he provided, in my opinion, especially knowing how good he can be. So instead of taking him off, bring on Dominic Calvert-Lewin, right? He's not, he's not nearly at the level of Harry Kane, but he has fresh legs. And maybe that's something for someone to worry about. Someone commented, if you're an Italian defender... Old man Bonucci, you saw how he grabbed Saka like that? That was disgraceful, but it's an old, dirty, cheating, tactical foul that wins you titles. When Sergio Ramos uh, almost broke Mo Salah's arm in the 2017-18 uh, uh, Champions League, I was disgusted by it, but you know what? The dark arts win you titles. So that's what it is. That mentality to say, you know what? I'll take a yellow card. I can't chase you now. But those old defenders with no pace... Imagine just kind of having everything run in front of them and making it so easy for them to just say, you know what, keep everything in front, nothing goes in over top. Gareth Southgate, that's an error on your part. That's an error on your part. You end up having three substitutes all under the age of 23, 24. I think Rashford is 24 at tops, but I know Saka is 19. He's never been in a big tournament like this. So, all in all, England lose, and they deserve to lose. I thought that, um, like I said, the English fans, um, and, and I don't want to tar all of English fans with one broad brush, but, man, it's very, very hard to root for England when their fans behave the way they do. Um, Saka, Sancho, Rashford, subjected to 
fairly predictable but disgusting uh, white supremacist and uh, racist words all over their social media account, you know, and it goes like this. It's like, you know what, England, so if this is who you people really are, and I don't mean to say everyone, but if this is who these fans really are, I mean, it was many, 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 many racist comments. So it's not as if, oh, it's just a small group, right? That shameful beast reared its ugly head yet again, right? So I just felt all in all, it was a missed opportunity for England. They had a fairly easy draw and they have played well at times in this tournament. But the truth of the matter is it comes down to composure. Shout out to Jordan Pickford making a great save, you know, and it's the everybody's new favorite Ballon d'Or candidate, Jorginho, who does that annoying hop, skip and a jump. He doesn't miss, as we saw with the ice cold penalty in the last match that sent Italy through. But football is about fine margins. You know, to wrap it up, I felt like uh, Harry Kane should have been brought off at least with 80 minutes. I mean, he was he was doing nothing. And I know that's a bold call. But Gareth Southgate, man, come win a final, brother come and do something, and even if it's not Harry Kane, bring Jack Grealish on, bring in Jaden Sancho on with enough time so that they can get accustomed to the football match, you stretch before you run, right, you warm up before you work out, there's a reason for that, and no, yeah, by the way, we're going to put the last penalty in the hands of a 19-year-old kid, does that sound like sound football management, to, to me, it's not, and Euro 96, Gareth Southgate, somebody who is Somebody, um, one of the, the, I believe it was Shout to Tifo podcast, follow them, they're awesome. They said the fact that he missed a penalty in 1996, and that still haunts Gareth Southgate, should let you know that these things stick with you. So, all in all, let me go ahead and wrap up your trip by saying um, congratulations to Italy. They were the deserving team. Um, it's about know-how, and it's about being clever, and it's about getting over the line. It doesn't matter how you win in a final. It matters that you win a final. So with that being said, Liverpool are in preseason training, right? We're going to wrap up Euro tripping by saying you'll never walk alone to all the Reds worldwide. Virgil van Dijk is back in training, and we're going to do an absolute madness this year. Thanks so much, everybody, for um, being with us through the Euro tripping trilogy. I look forward to seeing you all soon. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. I'm out.